Thanks for listening to Talkin' Rock in the Basement. I am your host, Tom. I'm Ben. And it's the big dog. On last week's episode, if you listened, you know there was it was a, an incredibly irritating one. There was this echo that was persistent throughout the episode. Um, here, everybody at the Talk and Rock family would like to apologize for that um, mishap that we uh, happened. And well, I want to remind you, it will never happen again. Again, 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 again. Wait, is it happening right now? Echo, echo, echo. <laughs> it, it sounds like it's happening. I, I heard an echo. Echo, echo, echo. So you guys hear that? No. Mm. Uh, let's see if it's still echoing. Say something really loud. Yeah, yeah. It's a, I'm a bitch. You're a bitch. You're a bitch. <laughs> uh, all right. I, I think we're all good now. Let's just start the show. <laughs> let's start the show. <clears throat> Welcome to Talkin' Rock in the Basement. It is uh, Friday, June 26th. Um, we are not in Chris's basement. We're not even in Chris's backyard. We're actually on Ben's balcony right now. So you might hear some AC in the background right now, or some uh, ice cream trucks driving by, or some uh, some parties going on in the background. It's, uh, it's a happening spot over here. Um, but we're having a good time anyway. We're all crammed in on his balcony. Uh, Cracking the cold ones. I think we have about the same space, if not more, than in the basement. Yeah, I'm just a little... Uh, Somebody skateboarding by. Discombobulated. <laughs> Skateboarder, that's our, our one listener uh, in real time. It's actually Chris. It is Chris, yeah. Um, which, uh, we're, so we're going to start off today with, uh, with our trivia questions with Stump the Jones, with an uh, added effect where, or uh, I guess, uh, if you lose, if you don't get the questions right, Jones has to uh, shotgun a beer. There's consequences. So there's now. yeah consequences, Ben. That's the word I was thinking of, and I can't think anymore. Um, <laughs> and then we'll check in with Heatwall and see if the heat is indeed on. Um, then we're going to converse amongst ourselves about kind of our topic of the day, which is uh, the greatest rock and roll frontmen, which uh, we are more than ready to talk about with you. Um, but we're going to wrap up the show as we have been the past few weeks with the word of the day. So all of us guys here got to keep in our minds. Uh, if we use words too many times, such as plethora or rhetoric or some uh, uh, some words, we think we sound really smart, but we really don't. You know. Yeah, a lot of you knows. There's definitely those. And yeah knows. <sighs> yeah. No. Yeah. So, uh, but we, we mentioned it's, oh, Chris is not here today. And we've actually uh, kicked him out of the podcast. So we don't need his basement anymore. Granted, it's in the name. Because uh, Chris said he doesn't want to be any part of us. He's busy doing uh, talk and rock in his bedroom now. <laughs> don't listen. Don't, don't listen. Don't listen. You, we want you to stay loyal with the basement guys. It's not, not affiliated with talk and rock in the basement. He, he also does the, is a, it's a, he's like a cam cam girl, but a cam boy yeah. now. So he's, a, he's in a bedroom, so it's a, it's a whole thing to do. There's some sort of blanket on the wall. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> it has some sort of historical significance. We don't like to talk about the historical significance of the said quilt on Chris's wall. Not, not, not the time. No. Word on the street, that podcast is trash. <laughs> Go ahead and pass that one right it's on by. It's just uh, the shower music, most depressing songs you've ever heard. He goes in-depth and kind of behind the scenes on why you should feel the way you feel, or the right way to feel when you're listening to shower songs. How to cry correctly so you can see the tears. Uh, <laughs> no, we don't want to see it. That's why we listen to the shower songs in the uh, in the shower. You don't see the tears. But no, Chris is um, he is still with us on the show. He was busy doing a uh, I think a PowerPoint <laughs> for a class, so he said he couldn't do it. He's too busy. What? Yeah, he has to. He has, no, are you are you serious? Gotta get, gotta get close to the mic, Ben. Oh. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he has five slides to do, and he, it takes him a long time. What? <laughs> Ew! I really hope you're joking. 
I honestly, he told me something I don't remember. Oh, okay, so, that's good. Uh, that's good. I, you guys are, you got a little, uh, like, if, a little more excited than I thought told you would. Us the reason, and so yeah. I was like, if that's the real reason, like, what the? Hey, PowerPoint is tricky, man. I was gonna go over there and kill that man. <laughs> no, it's not. That's a, we, rec- easy. we record the whole way as we walk over to Chris is about to get him. Rules of PowerPoint are three or less bullet points and five or hold less. On, words hold on, hold on, Ben. Let me write that down for each bullet point. More pictures than words. I'm into this. Yeah. Sounds easier, too. Huh? <laughs> An easier presentation. All right. Yeah. All right. I don't know. That, that PowerPoint class, that's a, that's a separate podcast. We'll figure that one out. Um, I've, I have been listening to a lot of Eddie Money this week, guys, but I want to talk about it a little bit just because like, he's like, Eddie Money is connected with like my veins right now. Just he, everything he sings and he's playing, listening to all his albums, it just like connects. I just love when you can get like in a vibe. When you're just like connecting with an artist or a band, and you just like feel it, you kind of get the goosebumps. Playing. Maybe you walk on water. Yeah, uh, I got two tickets to paradise. Hey. Yeah. Oh no, I'm all about. Um, I want to go back right now. Because oh, yeah. you know times aren't exactly the best right now, uh, and I want to go back and do it all oh, over. But I know I can't oh, go back. Oh. Uh, but I don't know. I, I was just thinking of like 20, I think of 2019 as like one of the best years, like of my life, and I had such a great time. I don't want to go back, relive it. Uh, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, but I know you, you had some, uh, what, were, what was the topic you were uh, talking about, your Fast fast Eddie questions? <laughs> it's a bad intro. It's That's called Rapid Fire. Rapid Fire. Uh, Jones has a new segment he wants to uh, bring forth, if you want to uh, explain a little bit. Sure. So it's called Rapid Fire, and basically I'll ask a question, and then after the question's asked, you answer the first thing that comes to your mind based on that question. All right, so um, one, for example, that... Uh, do you want to give an example, one, Jones? I don't want to take any that you... Uh, Asian skateboarding. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, a lot of things I can't say right now. Chris. <laughs> um, all right, well, Jones, uh, you got questions lined up in, in your head, and you're noggin off the, off the old dome. Sure, man. Uh, what's the first thing you think of when you hear Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers? Think of full moon fever. That's great. Um, I talked about it a little before, but I think immediately think of Blaine driving from uh, Cedar Point to back home to Dayton because I, I was <laughs> the entire greatest hits album. I'm trying to sleep in the back seat, not because of the Tom Petty was on. It was because I was dead tired um, from a previous night's uh, altercations. Someone was a pusolaya. Yeah, that's uh, the correct term. I believe it was um, at the time. But yeah, Blaine. Blaine. The first thing was just Blaine driving and blasting, running down a dream because he was staying awake. He, I believe he was a uh, chain smoking uh, cigarettes to stay awake. What's yeah, that? for me, it's uh, I think of Tommy and you know that being his favorite artist, and I you know respect that, and I've come to like Tom Petty a lot more because that's Tom, you know Tom's favorite artist, and I I enjoy that. Appreciate it, Jones. Yeah, gotcha, brother. All right, so the way it works is uh, the next person in line goes and just asks a question, and then do you, does it have to be rock and roll related? Uh, I mean, you could ask anything. White apartment wall. No, no, no. <laughs> oh. We're not there. doing dumb shit. Damn it. Uh, Phil Collins. I immediately think in the air tonight. Hangover movie. Mike Tyson. Connect. That's immediately what I think of. <laughs> Uh, first thing that comes to my mind is I think of how much I don't like Phil Collins <laughs> and how much of a trash bag he is. <laughs> He's a shithead as a human being, but um, I think of Don't Lose My Number because I really like that song and it's super funky and it's straight 80s and uh, I really enjoy that. Uh, that is a great play. Um, and I wanted to remind because we brought it up last week if you listen to that abomination of an episode um, just because of that. It's my bloody echo. It's not going anywhere. Um, no, it's definitely gone. Hopefully. Um, we want to write down the songs that we talk about. I guess that one, everybody really knows that one. Uh, kind of wanted to remind you, uh, if we bring up stuff, just if, I don't, if you don't see me writing, we bring something down, poke me, or chuck something at me, burn, put your cigarettes out on oh, me. Oh, definitely burn your cigarettes. Uh, like, okay, I got it, I got it. And I'll, I'll write it down so we can, uh, we can post on the Facebook page um, all the stuff that we talk about. That's not really topic related. It's kind of like a little more off the wall. Roger that. So after all of Eddie Money's discography, um, listeners going to be busy. Tommy, stop stalling. What's your question? No, God, you got me. Um, ah, Guns. Well, first thing you think of when you hear Guns N' Roses. Ben. <laughs> uh, maybe Jones. Welcome to the jungle. The Bengal Stadium. 
Jones, welcome to the jungle, the Bengals Stadium. <laughs> I definitely think the Bengals Stadium, uh, Paul Brown Stadium. Because, you know, they always play Welcome to the Jungle there. Because it's a jungle, Jones, in case you didn't know. I never heard of the place. I thought it was a dumpster, dumpster dive. Yeah, it's, well, it's right. In, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a dumpster dive, yeah. Trash by the water. Uh, so for me, it is 1987. Um, GNR playing at the Ritz, and they're playing the whole Appetite album, and they all have that, you know, energy, and they're, you know, bringing it. And uh, actual doing the uh, serpentine, I love it. Jones, am I allowed to do the serpentine? Never. In case anybody doesn't know what the serpentine is, it's uh, Axl Rose's like signature. We, we, is it a dance or just like a movement? Or you moving like a snake but with the mic? In Sex the move. <laughs> Sex. Yeah, I would say it's uh, uh, definitely erotic. I, I mean, it's somewhere in between a dance move and uh, you know a sex move. Sure. Yeah, I was uh, doing it a lot because it's honestly fun to do. And Jones looks at it as a, kind of a disgrace to uh, the good name that is. It's a hate crime for him. It's a hate crime for sure. And he rocked my ribs, as he usually does. But this time with more vigor and... Uh, enthusiasm. Enthusiasm. Vi- vivacity. Uh, intensity than he ever has. And it was... Uh, there was much more pleasure received. Uh, yeah. A lot of pleasure on one end, not a lot of pleasure on the other. Um, so I haven't done it since. So... If you learn anything, uh, I guess brunt force or blunt force uh, prevails over um, intellect or anything else or just trying to have fun with your buddies and dancing, but it doesn't happen around Jones. When you warn a man not to do something (laughs) again and they blatantly do it again less than five minutes later, they earned it. I was trying to have fun, you know? Straight disrespect. Disrespect. (laughs) Got him. I know how to uh, antagonize Jones on so many levels. Tom's a button pusher. He loves button pushers. Yeah, I I see him on everybody, the buttons. What are buttons for if you can't push them? What are backpacks for if you can't pet them? (laughs) I don't know anything about that one. Um, All right. We're going to go ahead and transition over to Stump the Jones. Oh, Oh, this one's it's it's a big segment. Um, If you haven't listened, we hope you have, is where we try to uh, do some trivia questions to Jones and try to stump the Jones. Um, We're going to ask Jones three rock and roll related questions and... And uh, if you don't get them right, you have to shotgun a beer. Sounds great. <laughs> so your record, Jones, from the previous two episodes is four and two. That's his cumulative ep- uh, record, and we ask him three questions every episode. So are you ready, Jones? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. So your first question on Stump the Jones, number one. Um, so I got to see Peter Frampton open for uh, Steve Miller Band a couple years ago. And uh, Peter Frampton tells a lot of good stories at his shows, so he's kind of done touring now because of medical issues, but if you had the chance, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. But one story in particular that I thought was really cool was uh, Peter Frampton talking about writing two of his biggest hits in one day while on vacation in the Bahamas in 1975. Jones, what are the two songs that Peter Frampton wrote on that day and that I'm referring to? Do you feel like I do? Do you feel like we do? And um, what uh, what are you thinking, Jones? What, where are your th- where are your thoughts? What thoughts thoughts for Jones? I don't know. I mean, I I don't think it's going to be I the can give top you, two. Uh, one hint. Give me a hint. Um, they both end in way. I love your way, and. Mm-hmm. Ben, what are you thinking over there? You think are he's going to get it? Are you going to go my way? No. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> Jones will have to shotgun one beer. Yeah. Oh, That's good, Ben. I like that. Um, Damn. Peter Frampton came up with the chords for Show Me the Way in 20 minutes, then had some lunch. He was then hanging out under a palm tree that same day and then wrote Baby, I Love Your Way. He said both songs were about his girlfriend that he was about to move in with, and he wrote the rest of the album uh, later that week. That album was called Frampton. And it came out in 1975, and it bombed. Uh, and then when Frampton Comes Alive came out a year later, and then he was on top of the world. But show me the way, and baby, I love your way. All right. So you, uh, when, we sh- when are you shotgunning this? Are you doing it right now on, no, on we'll air? No, wait until after this. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely shotgun on air. Shotgun three in a row. Or <laughs> I assume he's got Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, this is, in my mind, I was, this is the easiest one. No, I, I think you got this. Um, so you are... 
0 for 1 today, man. Damn it. All right. So that's let me throw the tally. One shotgun. All right. We're moving on. Question number two, Jones. Are you ready for number two? Hit me. This one's Peter Frampton related as well. I'm sensing a theme. Um, number two. When Peter Frampton was 11, one of his fellow classmates would always play the saxophone and sing Elvis uh, on the front steps of their school. Peter asked his dad, the school's art teacher at the time, who exactly that kid was. Peter Frampton's dad said, oh, that's just David. Peter told his father he wanted to be just like David. It turns out that kid playing sax and singing on the steps was none other than the incredibly talented and eccentric David Bowie. Oh. So both David Bowie and Peter Frampton later became very good friends. Now here's your question, Jones. David Bowie didn't go by David Bowie back then. What was David Bowie's birth name? And this one's... uh, Incredibly easy. You just have to think of yourself. It's within you, Jones. Because you know his first name. His first name was David. We know that. That was established in the question. David Bowie? Well, that's just the same thing. That, yeah. that, that's, just, that's how Ben says it. <laughs> David Bow? No. All right. No. Fuck. God damn. <laughs> this is not looking good for you, Jones. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'll give you one more try. Uh, generic last name. Very generic. I, uh, I'm shotgunning two beers. David Smith? That's, that's a good guess, Ben. David Jones. You got it. <clears throat> so his name, uh, David Bowie is born David. <laughs> David Bowie is born David Robert Jones. I would have accepted David Jones. He was born on January 8th, 1947 in Brixton, London, the United Kingdom. He changed his name to not be confused with the monkey's frontman, Davy Jones. Uh, where, where's your mind at right now, Jones? I'm in trouble. <laughs> where is That's two. Um, that's two. Man, this is not. So that, that brings your record to four and four, Jones. I need this. You're 500 right now. That's a bad look. Uh, well, I need this just to make sure I make it through the segment. What, what, what's your mind? If the Steelers are 500, what's your mind going through? It's not the same thing. So this is, like, more important? It's bigger. It's a bigger deal. Well, I have a direct outcome, and uh, nobody the, ever wants to be 500. I would like to be 100. You're, so. the, you're the athlete Chris? right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, it sucks. Uh, well, you'll get the next one. I know you can, I know you can do it. You really got this one. All right, so number three, Jones, are you ready? Let's do it. So far, we have been stumping the Jones and stump the Jones. Let's do it. All right, uh, number three. Since the two other questions involved Peter Frampton, I figured I might as well make it the theme, as I mentioned a little bit earlier. So what was the name of the band Peter Frampton was in before he went solo? Ben, what what are your thoughts right now? I have no idea. We talked about this because it's a super group. No. <laughs> uh, it wasn't traffic, was it? No. No, it was not traffic. Um, I made these too hard for Jones. I thought you could get these. Not a huge Peter Frampton fan. Yeah, I get it. I, <laughs> Ben's killing it over there. Um, as we talked before, Jones has a teeny little, teeny tiny wheelhouse that we're supposed to put, put it in here. And I honestly thought this was in it. How many Peter Frampton koozies does Jones have? I got one. Uh-huh. I'm never listening to Peter Frampton again. <laughs> <laughs> I've ruined Peter Frampton forever. He just took his headphones off. He's Jones is getting up. <sighs> what is? You can't look at the answer, Jones. I'm not. I don't know. Oh, okay. I lost. He, oh, you surrendered. I thought Jones. Every time Jones gets up and takes his headphones, I flinch like a little child that he's about to work my ribs. All right. Peter Frampton played the guitar in the supergroup Humble Pie. He left the band because he wanted to be the leader in his own band and uh, do some more singing, uh, which he certainly did, because he only played the guitar in Humble Pie. I don't remember talking about Humble Pie. We did a little bit. I don't know if we did. I had it written out. I, I talked about it in my mind. In my mind, it was it was doing laps. So Jones went 0 for 3 today. Um, the day we uh, came up with consequences, <laughs> Jones has to... I, I, ben, do you mind um, recording one of these so we can put it on the... Uh, if you're cool with that, Jones, we don't have to put it up. We can um, send it to our two fans. <laughs> we have more than two fans. Oh, three fans. More than two listeners. Four listeners. Jones, uh, how, how's it going over there with your shotgunning? High school. Have you shotgunned one? Have you started? 
It's happening. He's sucking it down. What was your time on that one, Jones? Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> when my voice doesn't crack. Um, so you're one down, Jones. One shotgun down. I'm going to do two, and then uh, somewhere during the segment, I'll do a third. All right, Jones said he's going to do two right now because uh, he didn't expect to <laughs> lose. I mean, t- three shotgun uh, shotgun beers in a row is uh, is excessive. Borderline crazy. Oh, Ben, you were killing on the sound effects. I'm, I, I love depending on you for the sound effects. You my sound effects guy. <laughs> yes, um, I love it. Uh, we definitely need it. All right, Jones is cracking open the second one. He's using my house key, and he's puncturing it, making the hole nice and wide. He likes it wide, so it goes down uh, extra smooth and extra cold down that gullet. All right, so he's popped it open. He's sucking it. It's going down. He's lifting up, and he finished. It's dripping down the elbow. Right, it's, it's, it's dripping down his mouth and going down to the nether regions, which is his favorite part of the shotgun. And he throws the beers down on the ground. He's in two for two on the shotgun. Two for so two. Far. That was good. good work, Jones. Um, you might come back to the mic and tell the people how the uh, shotgunning those beers went, and how does it feel to be a loser? Well, only the even the losers. First and foremost, fuck off. <laughs> like at no point did I want to be answering Peter Frampton questions. Uh, second of all, the beer was ice cold. Tasted great. Loved it. Really enjoyed shotgun. It's been a little bit of time, so I enjoyed that part. And uh, actually, I'm going to do number three right now. Fuck it. Maybe we can oh. all do a third one with you. I don't know. Well, we can do it after the show. Somebody has to remain uh, talking to the, the listening audience. So just, I, I forgot your uh, AM style of uh, podcasting. AM style? Yeah, I just think of like when you like announce stuff, I think of Hot Rod. When they're, oh, like, doing, that's good. like, and he's uh, going up, and, uh, and he, is he going to make the jump? Oh, I don't know. A- yeah, AM has the exclusive rights on Jones's beer, uh, shotgun beer, or beer shotguns, if I could uh, speak, which I never can, as we know. All right, Jones spits to clear away for the, the smooth Coors Light going down his tight throat. I know, it's tight. There it's going, sucking it down. Jones completed a third shotgun. Because, again, he went 0 for 3 on uh, Stump the Jones today. I wish I had a better soundboard, though. We need So uh, Chris and I went to Guitar Center to look, look at little piano keys to get the nice the soundboard. You just have them right in front of you and uh, have, have it connected, actually, to the, uh, the whole, our whole setup here. Because right now we're just playing our sound effects on our phone, so it's, you know, it's not a top quality. But uh, how are you feeling, Jones? Jones is now back again. I feel fine. I feel great, actually. I mean, it's... Uh cold beer on a nice summer day feels perfect out here on the uh, balcony and uh couldn't be happy to be with my buddies uh if you ever ask me some dumbass questions like that again you won't be breathing again the the wheelhouse gets smaller and smaller as every week we go uh, I'm, i'll think of some uh some more wheelhouse oriented uh word of the day wheelhouse uh, oriented questions for jones next time guns and roses related maybe led zeppelin he, he doesn't want to be stumped, and no. Tommy just wants... He's got stump grinder, and he's excited. Well, no, I didn't... I wrote these to not stump him. That's not my intention. Well, it, I, I, I want like, it to be a challenge. I want it to be close. I don't want you to get it. I don't want, I don't want 0 for 3. I'd like 2 for two for 1, you know. I think that's pretty solid. What, what do you think Chris's score would be? Uh, stump the Chris. I could, I could stump him. I could stump him pretty good. He'd be a, stump the Ben. I could stump you, too. I didn't know any of those. <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, the beer was great, and uh, All right. you know I enjoy drinking, so uh, no punishment to me. But uh, I hate the questions. I've never known David Bowie's real name. I don't listen to I Humble you, Pie. I thought you would have, and at least known the band. Uh, at no point have I ever heard uh, Peter Frampton wrote two songs in one day. I get it. Well, the, I, I told you the story. That's why I was like, well, I was testing your memory banks because I told you that story. Because I heard it in concert, but that was a while ago. That was like over uh, two and a half years ago. Were we at the gym or something? I have no idea when I told you. Yeah, I uh, I might vaguely remember that, but I mean, I don't listen to Peter Frampton at all. Well, uh, now nah, you're, you're gonna have to start. 
I think somebody's got the heat on. It's know? it's a little hot out here. It, so- it sounds like there? the AC is on, so that means it's, it's hot. Heat mode. It's really hot. Um, so Ben, uh, how how is the heat on? Well, we we got a cue. Uh, I'm interested. You have one night to go out with any musician or. We'll restart. <laughs> um, again, this is a Heatwall's question straight from Heatwall. We uh, we always love his questions every week. We depend on him and we love him. It's the heat. And it's on. It is. You have one night to go out with any musician or band. Drugs, drinks, anything goes. Are we having sex? With each other? Yeah. Or yeah. anything goes. <laughs> I'm interested. Uh, who's it going to be? Heatwall's answer is Motley Crue. Great answer. It is a great answer because uh, this book... Or their book, The Dirt, you know, where they all had their chapters and wrote it. Book uh, and, uh, and Netflix, and Netflix documentary. <laughs> Netflix movie. Uh, what, what's it? Biopic? Biopic, yeah. Um, um, that's what it's. Yeah, so you know they rocked. Um, the book, and Ben, you read the book. Yes. Would you want to party with them? Do you agree with Heatwall's answer? Um, as long as I could get away, yes. Of course. I mean, I like the you're not You're not living in their, uh, their, their F-Shack house. On one of those mattresses that looks like it's been used as a coffee filter um no roaches everywhere well they, they were burning the roaches with their hairspray right there's just dead burnt roaches everywhere I, okay. i'm not living there but I, I could party with them that's not who i chose who did you choose tom so closer to the mic i was yeah thank you ben closer to the hole you gotta get real close to the hole all up on that hole uh so i was thinking of because motley crew is a great answer and is a great party time but i was i like hanging with good dudes and motley crew are not exactly good dudes um so i was thinking like zz top because those got all great guys and they party and they're all super cool i would love to just hang out with cool people so zz top would be awesome but my number one is uh joe walsh joe walsh in any form any facet and or if i had to say a band then the eagles i love the party with the eagles you know the long tall buds in the uh bathtub full of ice partying I know they don't let dudes go hang out in the uh, at the after party Eagles. What do they call it? No weirdos. No weirdos. I mean, yeah, I'm out again. Um, I read Don Felder's book. And he was like, there was no boyfriends were allowed at the uh, at the Eagle party. They, had, they weren't getting any buttons. So I'm hanging with the Eagles. I'm like a member of the group. Yeah, uh, great question. Um, I like it. For me, Motley Crue. Um, yeah, I'd party with them. Sure, I'd show them the ropes. Uh, <laughs> but. That's not, like, my favorite, you know, pick, and I, I feel like, you know, would probably get into it with a couple of the guys, especially Vince Neal, because he's a shithead, and maybe Nikki Six. But um, if Diamond Dave showed up, uh, we might be partying really hard, just doing blow all night. But um, so first and foremost, uh, the, you know, answer everybody expects would be Guns N' Roses. I would definitely be partying with them. Yeah, that's a party. Uh It'd be a great time, and I'd really enjoy hanging with those guys, especially on the uh, Sunset Strip in Hollywood. We'd tear it down. But if I had to give an answer that wasn't Guns N' Roses, I would say, uh, shit, I'm blanking. Uh, who's in the band? Uh, it's not a matter of that. I just, it like, it just went like a it, fart. It gone. Bl- <laughs> like a fart in the wind. John, <laughs> most inopportune time. You you like let, let it up too. You were, it was right there. I was like on the edge of my seat waiting to hear what uh who you want to party with. Rolling Stones. Oh, that's exactly who it was. Got him. I know Joe's too well. <laughs> uh, me and Keith would be great friends, and then uh, we'd hang with Mick, and uh, we'd tear it down in London. It'd be a great time. No, that's a great group to party with because they're those are great dudes too, and they know they've been around been around been around the block. And they know what they're doing. Uh, what say you, Ben? I I like those answers. I like all of them. Um, for me, who I thought of, uh, possibly maybe Zach Brown Band or um, it, it, it's Sammy Hagar that always says come down to yeah. Cabo. Yes, yes, yeah. definitely. That's, that's I, great. I would that's like great that. answer. Uh, because, you know. Because we can literally do it. Nothing better than just hanging out on the beach with good tunes, cool people. You know, there's going to be some interesting scenery around. I wouldn't know anything about that. I love the party with Sammy. That was actually uh, something I thought about. I, I gave it a, a lot of great thought, and I was like, well, I'm a Rolling Stones guy through and through. I definitely party with them. 
everybody knows I'd party with Guns N' Roses, but uh, Sammy uh, in any facet, whether he was with Montrose, whether he was with The Circle, or you know Van Halen, obviously, uh, I I definitely party with him or solo. I mean, we'd have a great time together. All right, best bud. No, he's just a great dude. Again, going back to that, just great guys. You know, you can, you always have a good time. You have good people. So Sammy's the man. So that was actually a great answer, Ben. I'm gonna piggy. I'm gonna piggyback on that one, and we can circle around, and then I'll talk about it again. You know, talking about yours though, I'd love to party with the guys from ZZ Top, Billy yeah. F. Gibbons, <laughs> Dusty Hill, and we, Frank Beard. We watched that documentary. And I was like, these guys are just so cool, and they seem yeah. so like nice and like accommodating. Uh, no drama. They're not like banging each other's wives like Motley Crue. <laughs> yeah, they remind me of uh, Papa Ozio. My father? Yeah, very chill. You know, you could sit on the couch and watch South Park with or something, yeah. you know? Yeah, he's wailing on the bass. But they, they have, like, secret talents that you won't even know yeah. unless you ask them. Yeah. You know? yeah the epitome of cool yeah. is ZZ Top. Yeah, I like it. I like that. All right. So let's move on to our... Uh, the meat. The meat of the episode. Now we're talking uh, rock and roll's greatest front men. Now, um... Of course, these are guys that are like leading the band, usually like the lead singer, like the people in the front of the band. That uh, your audience has like basically full attention on that. So we're talking about, and we want to talk about guys who are like the best at that. Like they had the best voices. They're the most, they're the the craziest on stage, the most exciting. You know, they just if they could start out, they have to like they they thrive on like earning and winning the crowd and having the crowd on their side. So that's what we're going to talk about. Um, and I was thinking about maybe we, we could talk about a bunch of great front men, and maybe at the uh, kind of the end, we can either put our top ten or top five or what, and try to uh, rank them if we want to do that. And then uh, maybe if the guys listening or gals listening can uh, they go to our Facebook page and then type in uh, maybe their top ten or top five front men, get the people involved, so we can maybe start a little discussion. I like it. That sounds good. Yeah. All right. So um, since we were just talking about the Red Rocker, I figured Sammy Hagar, one of the greatest front men, uh, like he, he put, took Van Halen to another level. Like Diamond Dave is great, which we could also talk about Diamond Dave as a great front man for a band. Like they're just so, I don't know, they're just, they're, they're, I mean, you said Dave, uh, Diamond Dave has his own dance floor nowadays. I mean, that, that doesn't come from not being the man, like his mentality and being this uh, maybe way overconfident nowadays. But way back, you know, having that kind of uh, that charisma to think he can get away with that. So, you know, kind of Diamond Dave in his heyday. But, you know, Van Halen, uh, their front men kill him. I love Sammy Hagar. Um, that's one of my favorite front men because we saw him. We've talked about many times last summer at Wolf Trap here in uh, Virginia. And I've never seen uh, a lead singer have a full bar on the stage, filling drinks, and then go around and then fill everybody's cup in the first row with uh, tequila. And that, I was like, that is a front man right there. That's my definition of a front man. Yeah, I couldn't agree anymore. Uh, we knew going to the show we were going to have a great time because we love Sammy. We, you know, we enjoyed the circle. We know the guys in the circle. And Mike Anthony has great backup vocals to uh, Sammy Hagar. But So we tailgated really hard when we went to that show. And uh, Tommy was driving. I was uh, just hanging out. And uh, <laughs> I got hammered, right? I was so, tailgating so hard to drive home, man. <laughs> but, uh. Had a great time. I got turned up probably one notch too high. So we go to the show, and it was absolutely electric. And uh, Sammy was incredible all night, and I loved it. Uh, like he was saying, Sammy was uh, pouring shots of tequila in people's glasses, and then Michael Anthony was shooting shots of shooters. He was doing Jack Daniels. He would just uh, crack it open, and then he'd like you know down the whole shot at once, and then he just spit it out. Yeah, and uh, I love that atmosphere. It was a great time. Yeah, he was playing bass during his song, and so like incredibly just smooth. He just, I don't know if somebody handed him a shooter or where the little shooter came from of Jack Daniels, and he opened it, stuck it in his mouth, continued playing the bass, and just tilted his head back. And I was like, this dude's like sixty-five or something. That dude's just cooler than cool. Uh, so being a great front man helps having you know the great backup vocals and the yeah, great side uh, guys. You you touched on it. Um, so Diamond Dave got Van Halen famous, the, you know, Van Halen brothers and Eddie and Alex Van Halen. Eddie plays guitar and Alex is on the drums. But realistically, they went to new heights when they had Sammy because Sammy had that voice and he was incredible. And then Eddie had already laid the tracks and then Sammy just came in and laid the vocals. 
and it was just harmony, perfect, and it was incredible. And I always tell my buddy this. My buddy, my buddy uh, Keith loves Van Halen, and I always tell him Van Halen is much better with Sammy Hagar than Diamond Dave, and he always tries to like, you know, say something opposed to that. And I'm like, you're an idiot. Like, listen to the fucking lyrics. Yeah, Keith, you're out there. You're an idiot, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Pure idiot. <laughs> we love you, Keith. Wearing a flannel and uh, some shitty-ass hat. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's walking the street somewhere yeah. wearing exactly that. Wherever he's at, he wants to be somewhere else, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Keith. Um, I was thinking, because we obviously talked about Guns N' Roses. Axel is I, the epitome of a front man. Um, the all eyes on him. You have Slash. That's what makes that band so great. Um, you know, having like this duo guys, but you have this front man. Everybody kind of knows their place. Like he knows he's the front man. Slash knows he gets attention. You know, it's it works so well. But you know, just uh, having a lead singer that sprints back and forth on the stage. Even at the at, when we saw him, he was 53 sprinting across the stage. You know, sticking his leg up on the speaker. Um, has his uh, wardrobe changes like 10, 15 times a show. Like. That's a front man right there. And it's just the, the voice. He says, like, four octaves voice. Um, so Axel's definitely up there for me. Uh, I know Jones definitely agrees. Totally. Axel might be number one on Jones' Jones's <laughs> list. Axel's definitely the greatest front man in all of rock and roll to me. Uh, I know it's just my opinion, but it's honestly uh, probably factual, too. But anyhow, uh, with that being said, he has the greatest range vocally, and it's been proven in rock and roll. And Scientifically. I love that. Uh, but, I mean, I love, you know, Slash. He's chill. Duff's chill. And then the rest of the band allows Axel to, you know, take center stage. And there's nothing more than when a show is getting ready to start for me when I see Guns N' Roses and I see Axel Rose come out on stage. I, you know, I shed a tear or two every time I see it because it's, you know, he's larger than life and, you know, I can't help it. Something just overcomes me and, you know, I'm there. I couldn't be any more infatuated with what I'm seeing and uh, he brings it every time. Honestly, I've seen Guns N' Roses probably five or six times and every time Axel kills it. I mean, the vocals are absolutely impeccable and on point. And like Tommy said, he's running around all on stage. And, you know, he, he does a lot of war, wardrobe changes. And when he comes on and you see that wardrobe, you know what song is about to come on. And he's an accomplished pianist. A lot of people don't know that. And that's really incredible. It is. That's just with the song November Rain. Came out, it has those chops. It's just such so different than, you know, their hard rocking. Uh, songs like from Appetite of Destruction, uh, November Rain. It's just this calming song, like this piano kind of. Uh, I don't know. You, you just it was so kind of. That's what these great rock bands and great frontmen because they can really sing and kind of do anything. That makes makes them uh, so great, and they elevate you know everybody around them. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I don't have too much to add because I've never seen Guns N' Roses live, but of all the live uh, recordings that I've watched on YouTube, yeah, you that's know, where it's at. If you can tell that he's a good frontman, or if you can see his stage presence on a video on YouTube, you know, if you notice that, you know, that's a pretty good frontman because the recording's not going to give it justice. Yeah, I mean, when he goes on, there's nothing that anybody else cares about except for what Axl Rose is doing. He captivates the crowd and he encapsulates. Tom just fell off the balcony. Every reason why people are there. And I love that. Um, Gotta get back on it. He, he single-handedly steals the show, knowing he's going to steal the show. And you're expecting a great show because you paid a big ticket to go see Guns N' Roses. And he kills it every time. And that's what I love. It's his show, man. You don't got to steal it. We give it to him. No, he is, There we go. We're opening him up right now. Now, another uh, great front man that I really wanted to mention was Steven Tyler because you know Aerosmith is nothing without him uh, he's because uh, Jones how many times have you seen Steven Tyler or is Aerosmith <laughs> I've never seen just Steven Tyler uh, that's well he's, so he's that good of a front man that's all I was thinking honestly you're asking me improv uh, 
I don't know. I'd I'd say I've probably seen Aerosmith probably four or five times, maybe yeah. six, seven. Yeah, that's that's impressive. Because I only saw him once, and we actually got to see him in uh, Canton, Ohio, at the Football Hall of Fame. Um, and he put on a hell of a show. Uh, I I was very impressed. Like, he really just brings energy, and, and I, you know, he's same. These dudes are crazy old, like sixties, and they're still killing it. Just imagine seeing them back in their uh, in their glory days. Imagine seeing them in their eighties. I'll be there. Yeah, no, Steven Tyler's a great one. Uh, you're really reeling him off there, Tommy. Uh, Steven Tyler, for me, uh, he feeds off the crowd. Every time I've seen him, he's been great. The vocals are phenomenal. Uh, I did, uh, yeah, I take that back. One time I saw him, and it was right before he fell off the stage, and I want to say 2008 or nine, and he was all messed up on smack. And um, the show wasn't great, but uh, ZZ Top opened up for him, and they were incredible. So I had that memory, so it was, it was good to go. It was at Burgerstown, PA. Uh, that's another good side note. So ZZ Top's this phenomenal band that really should be like the headliner, but they open up for a lot of bands um, because Lexi saw ZZ Top down in uh, Pensacola, Florida, and he, they opened for a John Fogarty, which John Fogarty is big and he's great, but like you said, John Fogarty was terrible, and he sounded terrible, and like his... Like he didn't even sing a lot of his song. His sons were singing his songs. Like it was just like a terrible show. And like the people were actually walking out. But like ZZ Top was phenomenal. So I, I just think it's so crazy that this great band opens up for this. Uh, like they're the, you have the openers better than the actual uh, headliner, which is it is insane to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially on these older groups, um, you know, like we're talking about Aerosmith, uh, Guns N' Roses. It's great that the um, frontman has held up because a front man does a lot for a band you know they're gonna bring in new listeners you know get people excited so you're always gonna have your following when you're an established group when you have your hits but how are you gonna convert the younger audience how are you gonna the, the first time they've come to a guns and roses concert you know if if you're getting lazy and sucking you know everyone has an off day but you gotta be on top of your game you can't be like um oh, I'm, I'm 50 i'll just go out there and sit on a stool yeah, that, I mean, that that's true, and that's why you have to really own it. You have to realize, you know, why the people are there, how you make money, and, you know, give the people what they want. You can't be a Bruce Springsteen out there and play the trash that you have on the new album nobody wants to listen to, but they're only there because they want to hear the hits and you play some trash. Even Joe Walsh, the last time that we saw him, you know, I mean, he's lived a rough life. Yeah. Um, but he was still up there. He wasn't moving around a whole ton, but he was. His body was moving yeah. with the music. Well, he, he's never been that kind of big mover. Right. Um, he's I mean, rock, but yeah. he was doing what he does, and he right. did it very well, and he sounded great. I love seeing Joe Walsh. Yeah. Yeah, he was phenomenal. That was, that's really I mean, good bringing up. He's not a phenomenal front man, but I'm just <laughs> no, saying, no, no, you know, no. In the terms of keeping things moving, you know, realizing yeah. who you are and. As opposed to just showing up, playing whatever you want. Yeah, and he played. Joe Walsh played all his hits too. Yeah, he knows what's uh, what's good and gets the people excited. And he told his little stories in between them, which you got like you got to like point, yeah, put, cup your ear to him to make sure you get every word because it's kind of maybe twisted a little. Yeah, bit. it's kind of hard to understand Joe Walsh when he's talking, but when he's singing, you hear it, you know, clear as day. Yeah, but um, it, I don't want to get away from the topic. But. No, no, it's a great show nonetheless. Uh, so I guess another. Uh, Another frontman I want to talk about, of course, because I was listening to Queen earlier. You got to talk about Freddie Mercury oh, of course. for uh, frontman. Um, they just one of the first bands to ever be, kind of do these music videos, like with uh, "I Want to Break Free" and uh, "Bohemian Rhapsody." This is like seventies. This is before MTV, and they're doing these uh, music videos that are all kind of all focused on him. So it was pretty revolutionary um, for their time. And we all know his vocal range. We all we all seen uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, the the biopic, um, and heard. You know, you, you hear his live albums, and they're so and they're so crazy. And they're so different from you hear like the radio versions of songs or like the uh, the studio album versions of those songs. And it's it's really impressive. That's how that you could show he's such a uh, great frontman because he can change these songs so much in person, but they're still really good and exciting. You kind of want to hear them. Uh, maybe live even more uh, exciting and interesting than you would on the, the studio album. Sure, no, I totally agree with that. I, I think uh, Freddie's a great pick, and uh, you're stealing a lot of my thunder, Tommy. Uh, but <laughs> well, feel free to bring up any. I, I, there's a um, lull, there's a lull, and then I bring one up. 
No, uh, you said you didn't want round robin this time, so we're just letting you go. Yeah, no, I love Freddie. Uh, I think Freddie's great, and uh, we all love what Freddie did. So uh, I love that. Uh, for me, I got a couple. Uh, I'll just talk about a couple from uh, groups that I really like uh, from the grunge movement, and those guys are Lane Staley. I, you know, I, uh, I personally, everybody that knows me uh, knows that Alice in Chains is one of my top five bands. Everybody knows. And uh, that vocal range is incredible, and there will never be another voice like that. I don't care how many YouTube videos you watch. I don't care if you're on SoundCloud or TikTok. You're not going to find that guy. And I love Lane's voice, and I can't listen to a lot of Alice in Chains songs unless I'm in a good place because if I'm not, I could get dark quick, and uh, my buddy Heatwell knows that. <laughs> there is the one story that I always think of when uh, Man in a Hole from uh, Alice in Chains, a song when... Uh, when Jones went and see, saw them live. Who, do you remember? Do you know the name of the new singer of Alice in Chains? I don't want to yeah, put it in the spot William or anything. Duvall. William Duvall. Um, incredible voice. Of course, he's not Lane Staley, but you know, he's the next best thing. Um, I know there's a story you've told. We might have talked about it. I don't, I don't, we don't need to tell it if you don't want to. Um, no, I'll tell a story. Sure. I, I, it's it's really funny. Um, but I, you take it away, or I can. Yeah. So uh, I was going up to the House of Blues in Cleveland to see Alice in Chains. And uh, I was going with a group of people, and we partied all the way up there. And uh, I actually was talking to my buddy about this the other day because uh, I was at work, and we found a bunch of 40s of Steel Reserve, and it was really <laughs> funny. So <Good> basically, <laughs> you know nothing but hobos are living around there. So <laughs> anyhow, uh, I was with uh, a buddy of mine named Josh, and uh, we called him Steel Reserve because that's all he drank. That was his favorite drink, and I was like, Dude, this is your drink of choice. you got to be crazy. I don't even know anything about it. I know, right? It's uh, terrible. Uh, I would drink it if somebody handed me one, but it wouldn't be my go-to. Is it a malt liquor? Like, No, it, it's a really cheap beer. It, it's uh, like... Uh, <laughs> like you see... Like the natty? So, natty bows. Yeah, no, it, it's worse than that. that. There's a reason why people don't normally drink it. And uh, so anyhow, we, uh, we're headed up to Cleveland. We're partying really hard, and uh, we have a uh, cooler, and we're, we're tailgating. You know, we're, we're turning up. We get to a parking garage. We turn up a little bit more, have a great time, and uh, we're all feeling it. And uh, so we go in. Allison Chance comes on. They're incredible. And uh, so I'm talking to this chick during the segment, and uh, she's attractive. And, uh, you know, it, things are going well. I'm like, oh, okay, this is going somewhere. Next thing you know... She tells me her husband offed himself listening to Man in a Hole. And I was like, what? This chick is crazy. I got to get out of here. And I was just like, oh, like, what do you say to that? <laughs> I don't know what you say. Just dropping a bomb on you like that. Uh, just, you uh, dropped a bomb on me. Yeah. just yeah. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's what the song is about. It, don't get me wrong. Um, I just You just kind of the, the step backwards. Yeah, no, yeah. I uh, I slowly did the Simpsons. Uh, you know, I, I you know slipped away <laughs> oh, into so the bushes. Slipped in the bushes. Are you Homer into the bushes. Yeah. yeah. Are you doing a, like yeah. a, a army about face? So, whoop, I'm out of here. Yeah. No, I talked to her for like two more minutes, and I was like, the whole time yeah, I was thinking like seem, red you, alert. I am out of here. You don't want to seem too uh, careless or coarse or just drop a bomb like that. Oh, you know, I, I, I always thought it was a crazy, cause I, that's what I always think of when I listen to that song. Not that I'd listen to that song often. Cause again, it's a, uh, it's a dark song. It, uh, By the way, it's not man in a hole. It's down in a hole. What did I say? Man, I said man in a hole. You said man in a hole. Man, I, I, that's, <laughs> my man, uh, reminded me of work. My buddy <laughs> Tommy did too much time at Washington gas. New yeah. man getting the hole. Yeah. Uh, a lot of time underground working on man gas pipe. Well, really just digging, digging to find the gas pipe and to find the gas pipe. And they're like, get out of the hole. Then somebody experienced, but, uh, Fix the gas leak. But, but no, uh, I love that song, and um, it's great. Uh, but I don't ever listen to it unless I know I'm in a good place because it can get you dark really quick. You know, dark as in the point where you're drinking Di Sirono on the rocks, really heavy <laughs> pours. Your buddy is in a kitchen, and he's talking to his family. Mm -hmm. He comes back, and you're, you went from a four to a seven real quick. You can't leave Jones unsupervised on the balcony uh, on a Friday or Saturday night because um, he'll get he'll get heavily intoxicated on his own. It, it was like a brief period. You're like, yeah, I like Di Sirono on the rocks. And I was like, what? 
And then you have never drank it since. <laughs> yeah, I know that had to end because yeah, like, it, it's what? Uh, <laughs> for anybody that doesn't know, it is a cognac and it is sweet yeah. on the rocks. It, you know, uh, dilutes it down a little bit. So it tastes good. And I would always smoke a cigar. I, be- I beg to differ at the same time. And, uh, I think bad it like times extract. are coming. Yeah. Uh, Another uh, front man uh, I really enjoy from the grunge movement is uh, Kurt Cobain. I love Kurt Cobain, and I like everything he stood for. I thought he was ahead of his time. He was a visionary, and I really like that. So I I have a lot of respect for Kurt Cobain. He did it his own way, and that's all you could ask for in rock and roll. He was his own person. He never, you know, uh, laid down to the man and he was unstoppable for a long time because he wrote great songs. They toured in a van forever together. If you don't know the backstory behind Nirvana and he, he did it his own way. And I respect that a lot. I thought it was crazy how his, uh, the guitar, the acoustic guitar he played for the uh, MTV unplugged album just auctioned for like $6 million. Crazy money. Crazy. The the dude that got it. Um, apparently he's, trying to pull the proceeds to coronavirus or something. He's going to, like, tour with it. Idiot. Uh, <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, a crazy amount of money for a... I don't remember what kind of guitar it was. I it was a Martin or something, but... Uh, yeah, it was a Martin. Uh, oh, it was... Actually, I know. It was a Martin D18. Yeah. Um, a Dreadnought. So um, the reason, uh, Tommy, you know the story about why Kurt liked uh, playing with the Martin... No, no, I don't. Uh, he loved the sound, and uh, that was the first really good guitar he got. And he really enjoyed the sound. He used to do it in all the studio uh, recordings that they made, too. And he took it on the road with him, and he played that thing all the time. And uh, he, he really enjoyed the sound of it. Martins are great guitars. I would love to get one someday. They are, uh, you know, you want to drop a couple thousand dollars at the least, especially for a Dreadnought. Um, and I'm not willing to do that right now. No. Ben, when's your bass amp due? Maybe tomorrow. Oh, nice. Yeah, Ben purchased a, uh, a bass amp. We talked about it on the Rock Solo episode this week. I put the, I put the pressure on, put a little pressure on. I see results. So, Ben, uh, Ben. That wasn't it. what it was. <laughs> I had to purchase some things online anyways, and I forgot that I had actually found one online and put it in my cart, and then it was in my cart, and I could get it shipped. So I was like, oh, yeah. Be that as it may, I appreciate it nonetheless that you purchased the bass amp. So I'm really excited for that to come it's in. It's only a practice amp. so ah, It doesn't matter. As long as we can hear you, I don't care. Oh, right on. I uh, can't wait to jam. Uh, we'll have a great time. Have a good session. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to our next jam. Wes Brad uh, getting back together. First back time. To first time together, really. <laughs> uh, so I'll give two more uh, guys I love from the grunge movement, and then uh, we'll move on. Uh, I'll let Ben take the stage. Uh, for me, I love Chris Cornell. We've talked about it uh, in a previous episode. And uh, if you didn't listen, uh, Chris Cornell is an amazing frontman, lead singer. Uh, he has the voice of an angel. Literally, he could sing anything and turn it into an incredible song. I don't care if you're if he's singing the hokey pokey <laughs> or if you know he's singing about something that isn't relevant to anybody. That man will give you goosebumps, and if not, well, you don't have a soul. Uh, that man is absolutely incredible, and I love everything he did. And uh, my buddy Heatwall, uh, that's probably one of his greatest front men, and I really enjoy the things he's turned me on to from listening to uh, Chris Cornell, and I, I really enjoy everything he does. He, he has an amazing voice. I think we can uh, conclude or say that he walls all of our buddies. He's the show's buddy, you know. He's our guy. We mentioned he wall. <laughs> that should be the word of the day for every single episode we do, really. We say it so many times. Um, I would like him to have a, a, a larger role in the show. I, I want to talk to him, you know, on, the, on a, a one-on-one, uh, see what he's interested. But that's a really good pick, though, with Chris Cornell. I completely blanked on Chris Cornell. Uh, but he's just uh, incredible. He doesn't even have to be too crazy running around on stage and do all that. It's just his voice, just so, all the attention and just energy and just charisma. Everything just goes just because of how phenomenal and smooth and impeccable his voice was. So it's, just, it's very impressive that you can just you can be that great and be that great a front man just with your voice. 
Yeah, honestly, he could. He's one of those guys. Like we talk about, we went to see the Eagles, and James Taylor was sitting there on a bar stool, and he was, you know, killing the vibe. But honestly, <laughs> if I went to you know uh, a concert and I saw Chris Cornell sitting on a bar stool. There's nothing anybody else cares about in that venue at that time than what Chris Cornell was singing about. Right. Chris Cornell's voice can fill out the uh, the national stadium where James Taylor's voice I don't is not meant for all that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you guys have had some great um, picks. So to add to that, I would just like to mention uh, Anthony Kiedis with <laughs> the Red Hot Chili Peppers. But also... Great call. He goes hand-in-hand hand with Flea because, you know, the two of them, they work together. Anthony Kiedis has a great voice. He's all over the stage. Um, but Flea also makes a nice stage presence. Um, if you're at the show, watching the show, I mean, they're both perfectionists. They're, they're great at what they do. Um, but Flea will be doing, you know, walking handstands, playing the bass uh, while he's doing all these stunts. And sounded great. So I think... You know, the two of them, they really keep you interested, excited, um, and captivated. He is really great. You know, it's... Uh, He's old, too. Yeah, they, they, they've they been through a lot, too. You know, yeah, like all rock, these musicians. They've been rocking since the 80s. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I love the uh, Anthony Kiedis pick, uh, you know, just to dive right into it. He, you know, he really overcame a heroin addiction yeah. that was terrible, and uh, it almost overcame him, but... I'm glad we still have him, and uh, he's incredible. Uh, that guy is an absolute animal on stage. If uh, you've never seen the Red Hot Chili Peppers, please go see him. That man runs around on stage the whole concert in a circle, and it's pretty crazy to watch. They're old, and they're still jumping, you know, doing handstands all yeah. over the place. The man's shirtless during the whole show. He looks yeah. great. You're like, damn, what do I got to do to get in that kind of shape? Yeah, meanwhile, <laughs> I was limping up the stairs going into Ben's apartment today. Out of breath. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's tore meniscus. Ben, I I can't do the show today. We had our diva moments, but uh, we carried on for your sake, the listener, of course. Um, Anthony Gitas, that's uh, I that's a really good pick. Who's uh, Anthony Gitas? I don't know who that is, but I think he's a good pick. No, Anthony Kiedis. <coughs> Kiedis. Uh I like it. No surprise, Ben with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, I mean. You know, I do have my niche of what I listen to, and you guys have already mentioned some of the ones I thought about before. Um, Beat you to the punch, brother. I mean, Michael Jackson is another good frontman. Of course. You know, but he's his own act. Yeah. Um, It's the same thing with, like, uh, Prince. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we've talked about them before, but... Yeah, it does definitely guide toward, uh, like, bands, you know. So for Michael Jackson... um, I am not a Michael Jackson fan. I respect what he did. I know he was a trendsetter with the pop generation, and, you know, people love it, especially this day. I have never really gotten into Michael Jackson, and I can't stand for, you know, the things he did as a human being. But if you're going to just talk simply the music he presented, it's okay. I mean, for me, I don't (laughs) love it, and I, I don't give a shit about somebody dancing around on stage. It just doesn't really do a lot for me. I mean, listen to the Thriller album. It is a phenomenal album. Like, that's just an actual album, which yeah. is kind of insane. It's, uh, it's everybody else's greatest hits album. So that alone is pretty in, is phenomenal. He was a tremendous, I mean, tremendous artist. Yeah, you, you, can't, you can't take away his credit for the music. You know, he, he is a you know, musical genius, as they would say. Cause almost everything was phenomenal. Um, but as a person, you know, I do agree with Jones. And then it is pop music, so it's, it's not... I'm not super into it, but we're all rock and roll here. But it has its place, you know. I like to hear it at the amusement park or whatever, <laughs> you know, in the background. Um, that was so specific at the amusement park. I like that. Ben. Well, that's just where I think of it, you know. Yeah, Thriller, and it has its play. But Michael Jackson amusement park. The Thriller yeah, so, ride would be exciting. Yeah. So for me, um, not. Uh, I mean, I already mentioned it. Not a huge Michael Jackson fan, but. <laughs> Uh, with Prince, we've talked about it in previous episodes. Prince was an absolute animal. I love Prince. I love everything Prince did. And, I I mean, I couldn't be more, like, enthralled with how much, you know, uh, how good Prince was. Like, the man was a self-made musician. He taught himself how to play guitar in his own bedroom. And after that, 
once he became a good guitar player, he just started playing shows, not knowing if anybody was going to show up. And then all of a sudden, you know, he became a phenomenon. And I love Prince. Well, yeah, we talk about him every single episode. Uh, right. He is great. That's uh, another musical genius. You know, yes. Right? Uh, one I want to talk about, was, of course, Mick Jagger. Rolling okay. Stones as a great front man. Of course. Uh, incredible. 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 Incredibly iconic. Maybe the word of the day, incredible. Let me write this down. Um, <laughs> Maybe iconic. I can't call it. Ah, yeah, that, was la- that was last week's. We can't do it again, or can we? Uh, but no, he's... That's the guy. Like uh, Jones and I saw him last summer on our concert tour. We saw like six shows or something like that. Four or five. Six shows. I don't even remember how. We saw so many shows last summer. It was a great thing we did that because we can't see any shows now. Um, but even... Again, we mentioned these dudes, he's 76, these guys are so old, and he was running around all over the stage dancing and stuff. You know, the, the concert was postponed because yeah, he of... he had the a, moves. He had the moves. It was po- the concert was postponed because of the, the heart issue. He had a heart surgery in May, we were supposed to see him, so they ended up moving it to, like, July. And, you know, two months after heart surgery, or three months, um, he was still great. And we were captivated. Even though Jones and I were incredibly hammered, we, uh, we remember it. For the most part, and got it, a little drunk. Yeah, <laughs> the fireball got us. Yeah, and it was such a great show. He was a great front man, you know, for fifty years. It's inc- you know, it's incredible to be able to do that for that long. No, phenomenal. I I really enjoyed seeing Mick Jagger, and I I really enjoyed the fact that he was still able to do the things that you know people always, uh, you know, think about when they think Mick Jagger, and uh, the voice was still there too. I mean, the great. He had great vocals, so I enjoy that. The uh, the last um, grunge movement singer I want to talk about. You're is, all uh, the grunge, Jones. No, I'm I'm going straight grunge this week. Uh, <laughs> I love Eddie Vedder. Uh, I think Eddie Vedder has a phenomenal voice, and uh, he can make any track sound really good. And uh, so I went out to see him. I went to the Mecca. I went to Seattle, and uh, I saw him at Safeco Field, and I, I didn't know what I was going to see. But the man was all over the stage, and he was absolutely incredible. And, I mean, he was running around. He was he was singing. I mean, he was, you know, chugging beers. He was drinking wine. And uh, I really enjoyed to see him uh, really come through and, you know, bring a, a great show. I mean, it's Safeco, and uh, he absolutely killed it. I was, it was a phenomenal show. Drinking wine during the show? So he has really bad, like, stage fright. So... Uh, it's not uncommon for him to drink a bottle of wine or two before a show. That's crazy. Blaine? Yeah, it's definitely a, it's definitely a Blaine move. Um, not because he's nervous, just I guess he likes, he likes to drink wine. He likes to sit on the balcony, balcony and... Uh, You're like, yeah, I'll drink a bottle of wine. Bottle. Dude, I drink a bottle of wine, dude, I'm under the table, and I'm done for the night. Falling asleep. Yeah, I'm not uh, putting on a hell of a show in Seattle. Um, th- we're already over an hour now, so I figured we could... Uh, do like a top five real quick, a top five best uh, front men. I'm going to list all the ones that we talked about. So we talked about Sammy Hagar, uh, Axl Rose, well, Diamond Dave, uh, Steven Tyler, Freddie Mercury, Lane Staley, uh, Kirk Cobain, Chris Cornell, Anthony Kiedis, Mick Jagger, and Eddie Vedder. So you guys have a number five spot that we, uh, we'd like to put there. I think it's all up for debate. I mean, I think that it's very opinionated. It is. Uh, but what's talking rocks? Uh, top five best front man. I want to. I want to. Wants to converse. It doesn't have to be anything too intense. Um, it could be. This could be a little tough. It's but gonna be too hard. Tom. It's gonna be too hard. Yeah. We can't do it. Uh, Maybe here's what we can do. How, how about? Oh, you go ahead. Uh, I was thinking we could. Uh, since we've gone a little bit long, we could uh, figure it out and then put it on the Facebook page. We can. I, I was that gonna works. say. Each one of us just throw one name out real quick. Who's their, that who's list, their favorite? Like, boom, just say one that that's, that's Yeah, that's really that's a good idea, Ben. Okay. So you, Tom? You, 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 you want to go? Yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm okay, Freddie Mercury. Oh, that's good. That's, that's yours, Ben? Yeah. Axel Rose for me. I'm going Sammy Hagar. All right. All right, so that's the top three, so it's got to be in the top five at I least. I like it. That right. sounds great. I would also add Anthony Kiedis. And then, uh, <laughs> ben, your allegiance to Red Hot Chili Peppers is unfaltering. But uh, we'll, we'll see what the list says on 
Facebook. We will see what Facebook inevitably says. Uh, I I like to um, add Robert Plant. I mean, oh, I, no, I did have that on the list, and we and I did yeah, forget that uh, Robert Plant was an incredible singer, and he took Led Zeppelin to new heights. I mean, him and Jimmy Page together were great, but there would be no Led Zeppelin if it wasn't for Robert Plant. And he was absolutely incredible. Almost at the Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's good. That's good. So definitely check out the uh, Facebook page. Actually, uh, I got to cut you off. I got a couple <laughs> more. Uh, Glenn Fry, uh, absolute incredible front man because uh, he was the leader of that band and he was able to be uh, very futuristic in the fact of he saw where the band was, but he wanted them to go to another level and he wanted them to be a rock and roll band. Yeah, I don't put him there because Don Henley sang so many songs. Um, so I, I look at it as like, you know, best frontman. It's like the eyes are basically on them the entire show. So that, that's, all, that's the only reason why I kind of kept off Glenn Fry or, or But what Don were Henley. you missing when you saw the Eagles? Well, we were missing Glenn Fry, definitely. We sure, still saw exactly. him. We still, we still saw him, though, and had a great show. We still saw him. If there's no Don Henley, then, you know. I was looking at there's the bands where there's like two, 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 yeah. two lead singers. Then I, I kind of just like put those to the side, and there's no like okay. one front man. You know, they're both great. Don't get me wrong. But just, you know, also I, I can see it as um, with what I was talking about Anthony Kiedis and Flea. Yes, you know those two. So because they're both, they're usually both not singing the same time the whole melody. Um, you know, uh, it's more of a little bit of harmony. It, they're they're not going to be singing in unison. So. I feel like they have that aspect, you know, it's certain songs. Does Flea sing any, sing any songs? No, no, no. I'm talking about Don Henley and oh, Glenn Fry. Flea was singing. No, 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 I was talking about them. So because they sing, so it's it's off and on. So it's for certain songs. That's why I yeah. would. Uh, for me, I, I I get what you're saying. I, I get what Tommy's saying, but the band would have never got to the height of what they did if it wasn't for Glenn Fry. Or, or Don Henley. You know, you need them both. Sure, I, I agree with that. Don Henley had the vocals. But I do agree with Jones also with, you know, Glenn Fry was the leader. He definitely was. Sure. Right. And uh, one more I'd like to mention is Roger Daltrey of The Who. I mean, I saw them last summer, and Roger Daltrey sang all the songs, and I honestly felt like I was listening to the CDs because his voice sounded that good. Yeah, he's I mean, great. the guy uh, has a captivating voice and is very, you know, aggressive. And, you know, I, I really enjoy that. And it's very it, it's it's very piercing, you know, when you're listening to it. You know exactly what you're listening to when you're listening to Roger Daltrey. And I, I really enjoy that. Yeah, he is great. Um, so make sure you check out the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Talk and Rock in the Basements for our top five best uh front men uh maybe later today maybe tomorrow i'll see when i get my ass in gear um real quick we'll do the word of the day this is the word that we said way too many times thinking we're incredibly intelligent um i know i said abomination too many times and we said phenomenal a lot what do you guys got incredible ben you're so close to the mic you're ready look like you're ready to say something man of men are a few words so we'll go, uh, yeah, incredible. Incredible or phenomenal, because we uh, are talking about these both incredibly and phenomenally yes. uh, rock men. Th- thank you, Ben. I like it a lot. All right. Well, uh, yes. All right. You can uh, follow the page again, facebook.com slash basement, or you can always email us at basement. You can send us any comments or questions. We had any fan mail in a long time. Uh, that's because nobody's asking us any questions. So we'd appreciate anybody... Uh, Ask us any question we can, questions we can add some fan mail. But Our fan mail was like the coronavirus curve. It up was. real high. And, up now real high. <laughs> and now it's completely gone. It's fine. We always have heat wall and, and the heat is on. We always appreciate it. But I'm Tom. You can follow me on, uh, on Twitter at, at @TomJOzio, and You can check me out on Instagram at TomOzio. I'm Ben, and you can follow me at BigManBen10 on Twitter and BWaldron10 on Instagram. It's a big dog. You can see me in the streets. All right. We appreciate you listening. Maybe we'll have Chris next week. Maybe not. We'll just see. But we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.